What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here on today's episode, we're going to recap the NBA Finals, talk about the Milwaukee Bucks who won the championship, talk about what the Phoenix Suns' future holds. Uh, they have some key decisions to make. And after that, we're going to do a NBA mock draft lottery edition. So we're going to do a mock draft with the crew of the lottery for the first round. Uh, the draft is going to be on my birthday this year, so I'm excited for that. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, I'm especially excited for the mock draft tonight. Uh, I like the way uh, the guys got it set up. So we're each going to get to pick for our favorite teams. While that's exciting to do, obviously we're hopeful, you know, they won't be in the spot again, you know, anytime in the future. You know, we don't like our teams being in the lottery, obviously, but uh, it'll be fun to pick for them and to see you know, how the draft actually goes in real life. So, yeah, I'm ready to do this thing. And what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And just like Eric, I'm excited for the mock draft. I wish the... Hornets honestly weren't drafting in the lottery or if they were, I wish they were a little bit higher. You know, we're kind of in that crappy position where it's like we weren't good enough to make the playoffs, but we weren't bad enough to get a good draft pick. So um, not good there, but I'm excited for it. And, you know, I'm also super excited for my client on winning not just the NBA finals, but the finals MVP award. So, you know, I'm going to have to use that as motivation to get a higher uh salary from him in the future because you know <laughs> he definitely has me to thank for part of it you stuck with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, obviously Giannis's agent is gonna always want to be Giannis's agent <laughs> there's no <laughs> doubt about that um but yeah so let's uh let's talk about the NBA finals and and we were kind of talking before this uh recording started how you know, game six was last week and it feels like such a long time ago because all of us have been kind of watching the Olympics a uh, fair a bit, a fair amount uh, of I've Olympics. Been I've been watching it nonstop. Honestly. Yeah, Connor's been watching it nonstop. I've been like at nights every now and then watching here and there. Uh, same, I think, with Eric. But um, but yeah, there's Olympic basketball going on right now. Like some of the players from the finals are joining the team. So that's kind of weird uh, that they just ended the finals and now they're going to play on the same team uh, in Tokyo. And, and you've got all these things going on. NFL news now starting to to get up with training camps and stuff starting. And the, it's like the finals were, were a week ago. They already had their parade. Everybody's like focused on the draft. But like last week when we recorded, we didn't know who the NBA champion was. So... We just kind of want to talk about that here for a bit. Obviously, uh, the Bucks won 105 to 98. It was a close game going into the fourth quarter, but um, the Bucks they kind of they took like a six point lead and never really um, it never really got close after that. It would be Milwaukee would score, Phoenix would score, like the lead would fluctuate a little bit, but then eventually it got to that point, and Phoenix missed a couple of shots, and then we all knew that the Bucks had won the championship. And the thing that stood out the most to me in this game, obviously uh, Giannis had the best game of the playoffs uh, for him. And so it, it was everything that came that needed for the, the Bucks to win. They got it a uh, huge game from Giannis. And really just what stood out to me the most was 
how good of a free throw shooter Giannis was in that game because with the final score being the way it was, um, Giannis with his normal uh, free throw percentage, I think they would have lost the game. He was something like 21 of 22 or something. I don't know what exactly it was, but it was uh, pretty crazy. It was honestly like a Steph Curry like or Damian Lillard uh, percentage. Um, and it goes back to what I think Connor had said last week about how how much better he seemed to be doing at home shooting than on the road. So that <laughs> home, home court advantage there played a big role. Um, didn't have as many people counting down from 10 uh, very fast like they did in Phoenix and everywhere else. Like it speeds up every every time I see it. It's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Like, you know. That was, uh, it was pretty pedestrian to start. Like actually like a normal count. And now they're just yeah. like. Ooh. Yeah. It's, so they, they've gotten a, uh, fans have definitely run with it. But to me, that was the most impressive thing about the game. That's what won the game, in my opinion, for the Bucks. Um, but I'll I'll ask Connor. Do you do you agree with me? What? How do you rate Giannis's performance? Like, was were you? Did you feel disappointed by the Suns at all, or were you just more like impressed overall with with Giannis and the Bucks? Honestly, I think it probably just does come down to like you know. I think the Suns played as well as they could. I know there was definitely a couple moments there at the end of the game where um, like Devin Booker missed a couple of like threes he shouldn't have. Um, and then like, you know, Chris Paul missed a three that he probably shouldn't have. So the Suns definitely like didn't make a couple shots of the show. I think Devin Booker was like, Oh, of seven from three in the game. So he didn't have the greatest game, but Chris Paul had a really good game. Um, you know, the rest of the team, like Aiton did all he could bridges. Honestly, Frank Kaminsky actually is the one I wanted to mention. He had a pretty good game coming off the bench for them. Um, cause Aiton again, got into foul trouble. So, um, you know, Kaminsky had to play some more minutes than usual, but really it was just, they just got beat by Giannis. Like, you know, I mean, you see the final score and it was just crazy to see. I mean, he, I don't think it's anything short to say that he had a legendary performance. I mean, 50 point, only like the seventh person in NBA history to score 50 points in the finals. I think they also said he was like the first um, player since like 1974 in the finals to have like 50 points 10 rebounds and five blocks or something like that. So, um, you know, that was going to come up with those random stats, but, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, the official stat was 17 of 19 on his free throws. I mean, who would have thought that, I mean, even when he was shooting at home, you know, maybe he had some games where he was like seven of eight or eight of nine, but you know, 19 free throws and only to miss two of them. I mean, I don't think anyone would have guessed that he would have been able to keep it up the whole game. I mean, I guess, you know, once you get in that zone, you get in that zone. But, you know, for Giannis to be able to do that um, and, like you said, knock down those clutch shots, it just really kind of cemented his legacy in some way. I mean, and also, you know, given the fact that he's only 26 years old, you know, obviously this isn't the end for Giannis. It wouldn't we'd be having a very different story if the Suns had won. We'd be talking about Chris Paul like, you know, oh, you know, this kind of like puts the cake on his, like puts the cherry on his career. You know, Chris Paul's going to finally go out with an NBA championship. Like this is honestly just the beginning for Giannis. Like he still has a lot of good years in front of him. You know, he still has Chris Middleton by his side. Um, you know, I know Budenholzer was really quick to acknowledge both of them, you know, when they got to 
the end because obviously you know he wanted to acknowledge Giannis and praise Giannis but he also didn't fail to mention Middleton was a big part of this run even though you know he didn't have the most star-studded game in game six but obviously Giannis was stealing the show so a fantastic performance for the Bucks. you know definitely something to look forward to I think Honestly, maybe something that, you know, I think I talked about this in the past, but maybe something that helped them this year was maybe not having all that pressure of being the number one seed, you know, being like the one that was expected to win it all. Because obviously, you know, coming into this playoffs, I mean, you know, we all saw it with all of our predictions. You know, we all had them, you know, obviously, I don't think anyone really picked them to lose to the Heat. Um, The Heat just definitely weren't the same team. But, you know, we all had them losing to Brooklyn in the second round. Um you know, or, you know, if there was anybody out there who maybe thought that they were going to beat Brooklyn, they probably had them losing to Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals. So no one really gave them a chance this year. I mean, you know, myself included as Giannis's agent. <laughs> and, you know, I even said, I think I said last year, I was like, if they don't win this year, I'm never picking them again. But, you know, maybe that, like I said, that was a kick in the pants for them, you know, coming out here, not having the expectation, not being the favorite like they have been the past two years. And, you know, they really, Giannis really stepped up, Middleton really stepped up, and it'll be interesting to see where this team goes going forward. I mean, you know, they're going to be keeping a lot of the same pieces next season. I mean, the only one they're really losing is P.J. Tucker, but, you know, he's not really that important um, on the list of important players on this team. So, um, yeah, just really excited for Giannis, and I'm excited to see what the Bucks can do in the future because I know they're definitely not done. Yeah, and and Eric, I'll ask you kind of like a different question about the Bucks. Um, kind of a more like a looking forward question. Um, in your opinion, would you have the Bucks as the favorites to win next season's championship right now, or would you go with another team? Um, as of right now, I don't only because I do think the Nets are going to get fully healthy. And they're, I mean, obviously with the talent they have on that team, they're always going to be a threat. But I'm also going to have the Bucks a lot higher than what I would have had because uh, I I don't believe in Philly anymore. Um, yeah. At least, at least as <laughs> I never as ben, started. <laughs> at least as long as Ben Simmons is on their team and Doc Rivers is their coach. I mean, I I don't I don't believe in them. Uh, my boy Joseph, I'm sure, he, who's a Sixers fan, I'm sure he agrees with me. Uh, but and then a couple other teams that hire, like I don't, I don't know what's going to go on with the Clippers situation with this whole Kawhi thing. Like they're going to be like probably lower in my rankings, and I'm kind of getting to where I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to be a believer in the Suns anymore either, because um, they were. We all know how fortunate they were to get to this point uh, with all of the injuries that a lot of the other teams had um i don't think they would have got this far and so uh i was a little disappointed in the suns but so i i don't necessarily think i'm gonna have the bucks as a favorite to repeat right now but i do have them way higher up on my list than i would have had if say if they had lost to the nets in the second round or something like that they're yeah they're they're much higher well i will say to that point i actually you know, in my opinion, I kind of agree with like the Vegas odd makers right now because, you know, they always like to release the odds, you know, right after yeah, the, yeah. the final. So, I mean, I kind of agreed with them that like the Nets are the favorites, you know, obviously because, you know, they only played one 
they didn't play any games against the Bucks with their full big three healthy. So, you know, I think it'd be honestly a crime to not have the Nets as favorites. You know, obviously we don't know what they're going to look like. Who knows what's going to happen next year, but just on paper, the Nets should be the favorites. And then they had the Lakers as the second favorite, which, you know, if Anthony Davis can get healthy again, then I could, I could again see that happening. Cause you know, him going down really killed their run when we thought they had more to do. So, and man, who knows, maybe they'll make some better moves, but they had the bucks at number three. So I was like, okay, that, that seems kind of fair to me. Like, again, I don't think you can put them above the nets. I think they're kind of on the same level with the Lakers, just given like how bad the supporting cast is, but obviously you can't count out the duo of LeBron and AD. Like they're so deadly. So I think the bucks at like third favorite right now is probably where they should be. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I would probably put them above the Lakers, honestly, on my rankings, but, um, but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, for, for me, it's going to depend on what the Lakers do. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're right now, get, they're if they're able to somehow get like a third big, you know, person to be like a big three on that team or something, like, or even just get a slightly better supporting cast. <laughs> yeah, or which really see that's the problem. Everybody always says like, oh, the Lakers need to get another superstar for LeBron. It's like no, they need more depth. Like that's the problem because we saw what happened when. LeBron and AD were both hurt. The rest of the team just couldn't do it. Even when one of them was healthy and the other one was hurt, they couldn't do it. So it's like, like they they need they need better depth is what they need. They don't they don't need to get another superstar. They they need to get more depth. Yeah, but yeah. So but if the if the Lakers are able to make some big move or something, then I would put them at number two. But then if the Bucks, like if they don't, and they kind of it's like they both have pretty similar teams where they had. I would I was Zach. I'd give the Bucks the edge at number two. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's guys uh, transition over and talk about the Suns, the losing team, kind of like we have throughout all the playoffs. Talk about the losing team and what they need to do. Uh, to get to the championship and win it. Um, and so now, guys, we're we're all going to put our GM hats on and make some tough, tough decisions surrounding the Suns. And really, it's, it's mainly about Chris Paul because um, what he has right now is a $44 million player option. I know... Oh. <laughs> that's, I know that's deadly. <laughs> for most people, if you had a $44 million employment option you would take that um but uh nah, obviously basketball nah, is that a... down <laughs> i could get 50 <laughs> but obviously uh, think so. <laughs> in the world of the nba you know contracts are ridiculous so a uh, 44 million dollar player option and you know something like we had all considered this uh really like before he played for okc before that okc season we were all like everybody was like, oh, man, this is a terrible contract. Like the the Rockets, like they way overpaid him. Like this is a massive this is going to be looked at as one of the biggest like contract wastes ever. Um, and things just happened to work out the last couple of years where in OKC, he had a great year, really overperformed with that team. And then got traded to a more contending situation with Phoenix and they made it to the NBA finals. They didn't win it, but he had a great season was their best player at times without a doubt, their leader, 
the mentor, all that sort of stuff that's, you know, not in the in the stat sheet. He was there, the the leadership voice for the Suns, which definitely has some value in it. Um, but now he's got to make a decision where he could turn he could turn down that forty four million dollar option and give himself something like a three year extension for a hundred million guaranteed or, or something around that uh, range. So another thing to keep in mind is next season in the playoffs, he'll be 37 years old. So, you know, this is a, an older player um, who you could be can, giving a lot of money to, and there's a huge risk in that. Um, so let's all kind of, I don't know if you guys have thought what you want to do with this uh, situation, um, but let's just go into it. Assuming CP3 declines the extension, if I was the GM, I'll go first here. I would try, and I would try him bring him back, but I would do no more than two years, and probably I would have to do like two years and give him like the same amount of money he's making now and just like add a year extension to it because he's too old. In my opinion, like basketball, it's a sport. It's definitely a young man's sport, I think. And, you know, he's never been the most athletic person in the world, obviously, but I don't know. Once you get like 37 years old, that's uh, like Carmelo Anthony's age. And you see how he does like, I don't know. To me, it's just a big risk to give him a three or hundred million deal. And I think if you're Phoenix, you have to be willing to say you have to you have to be willing to say no to an offer. You just can't accept whatever he wants, you know, and I don't know what CP3 is going to want, if he's willing to do a discount or not, or if he wants to leave and go somewhere else. I don't know what his priority priorities are, but for the Suns' perspective, I I'm not going to cave in and give him whatever he wants, and I'm and I'm willing to walk away from the negotiating table without him, just because that having those extra years when he's like 40 years old, making 44 million, is ridiculous. So I'll go over to Eric next, Eric. You're the GM of the Suns now. Do you treat this differently than me? Are you thinking, uh, screw three years down the line. We need to win it next year. Like, even if it's a bad contract when he's 41 or something, what's what's your philosophy as the GM for the Suns here? Yeah, this is really hard. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Suns are definitely in a bind here, but what I, what I personally would do is let me just throw a, a different hypothetical out there. I, in my, in my opinion, if the Suns had won the championship, I would be willing to pretty much give him whatever he wants. I mean, cause that obviously Phoenix hasn't, uh, they hadn't even been in this situation in a long time. And, you know, they, in my understanding, the Suns haven't won a championship before, right? I don't believe they have. No, never. Yeah, so if he had gotten Phoenix their first championship, I mean, that would have been huge. I'd be willing. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't give him like three years, 40 million or something like that. But if he was like, hey, can I get, you know, three year, 30 million a year? Like, I bet you can have it. Like, 
you got us a championship. I believe you can do it again. But my problem with Chris Paul, besides his age, is just for whatever reason, it just seems like like he's able to lead the team to a good season, have some good performances in the playoffs. But then when it really matters, like he seems to disappear for some reason in key games. And I saw this stat the other day, something about his uh, about all these different leads that his teams have had in the playoffs. A lot of them were like 2-0 or 3-1 or whatever. And, and like, and they ended up blowing the lead and losing the series. And, and at some point that's got to be on him. You know, it can't be like every time, Oh, it was somebody else's fault. Like the only one that wasn't his fault to me was the one where they lost to the Warriors, but that was because he got hurt and uh, didn't play. So I, I don't blame that on him when he couldn't play, but, but there's been too many other situations where this has happened. And then it happened yet again, in this NBA finals. And so for me, as good of a leader as he is and as good of a player as he is, the decline is going to happen. And I would rather look to the future. Like I would rather pay DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he's still got a lot of room to improve in his game, but getting a good big man is hard to come by. I would, he's young. I'd much rather keep him and see what other pieces we can get. So what I would do is, either try to do a sign and trade like that would be my first look like see if I can maybe get some assets for him if there's a team that might be in a similar situation as the Suns where they feel that or that the Suns were in last year where they feel like man you know we're one good piece away from a championship somebody like that that might be willing to give up some draft picks or some other younger assets to sacrifice to try to win a title now like I would try to do that but otherwise I would be willing to let him walk. I, I don't want to pay him three years and pay him a ton of money. Now, if it, maybe if it's three years and only like under 20 million, like 20 million a year or something like that, maybe I'd be willing to do that, but I don't think that's what he's going to want to do. Um, so sign and trade. And then if not, I am willing to let him walk if need be. All right, Connor, Connor as the yeah. third GM. Yeah, go ahead, Connor, GM number three. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> I mean, honestly, for me, I'd probably be a little bit more in agreement with Zach on this. Um, because, I mean, obviously he's getting older, and you obviously don't want to overpay for him. But I would have something that at least try to see if I can get him for like a two year deal. Cause yeah, I agree that three years is too long. Like I'm sure he'll probably still be pretty good <clears throat> next year. Um, but the season after is when I'm really going to start to question, like, is he still going to have the same game or not? Um, so definitely a two year deal would be the way to go for me. But then this is kind of where I get back to like agreeing with Eric, I guess is that if he doesn't want that two year deal, like, if I can't make something work, like a two-year deal, maybe, like, you know, $40 million a year, two-year, $35 million a year, somewhere in that range, like Zach said, like what he's making right now. Um, if he turns that down, then I would let him walk. Like, if he is, like, so, has his soul set on three years, you know, unless, like Eric said, that he can, you know, if he's willing to take it for maybe, like, $20 million a year, which I highly doubt, 
Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think he would do that. Then he's, I, I would let him walk because I agree that they need to look towards the future. Like Chris Paul, again, how many good years does he have left? At most two, which is why I would probably offer him that two-year deal. But if he turns that down, then I'm not as concerned about that um, anymore just because I feel like they can really invest their money elsewhere. Like Zach, like Eric said, um, you know, pay DeAndre Ayton. Maybe see if you can use that extra cap space to, you know, bring someone else in. You know, like, okay, you know, no longer is Chris Paul here. Maybe we can try and bring in a third, you know, a different third piece. I don't know who that third piece would be, but you know, bring in another third piece to go with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, you know, two players that are much younger and start just, you know, the Suns could be something in a few years. And I feel like if they, you know, try and give Chris Paul something like a three-year deal, it's just going to ruin that future for Ayton and Booker. Um, Especially if they, you know, do that and they start, you know, doing really bad. I mean, who's to say that, you know, at that point, you don't start getting things, you know, hearing all these rumors and stuff about like, you know, Devin Booker wanting to be traded away or something like that, you know, because there could be something like that happen that could happen if they overpay for Chris Paul and then they start sucking, you know, okay, it's like, it's like, do I really want to be part of an organization that, you know, kind of screwed my NBA future, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. There, there had already been rumblings about him wanting to be traded before if they kept if they weren't bringing anybody in and kept having like losing seasons like that. He there had been like before the bubble last year. Right. So um, it's it's just one of those things Like you have to be really careful with what you do here. But like I said, I agree with Zach on the two year deal thing. But if he turns that down, then, you know, goodbye, Chris Paul. You can goodbye. go find <laughs> you're done. Goodbye. Because, because honestly, he's not going to get that from anyone else. I, I highly doubt it. Like yeah. it, it would it would be in his best move, like if the Suns decide to give him like a two year thirty five, forty million dollar deal, then he should take it because no one else is gonna give him that. Like everyone else is gonna see it as oh yeah, you know, just another washed up one has been, you know, wanting thirty five million dollars a year, like yeah, that's not happening, <laughs> you know. Nah, or yeah. or if it is, then it's gonna be some really crappy team with, you know, more money than sense and you know, he's I'm sure he doesn't want to end his career, you know, playing for a bum team. So, no, um, he's not going to do that. No. He's not like Vince Carter. Um, no, <laughs> who, like he didn't Carter have any point. problem playing with the Kings and the Hawks. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, it's like, come on, man, just retire. Like, you know, you need to. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the NBA playoffs for 2020, 2021. Uh, the playoffs discussion is finally over now, and we will start the first discussion on uh, the next season, which is starting with the draft first thing up. So let's go ahead and start with our mock draft, guys. Um, and we, like I said at the intro, we are only doing this mock draft for the lottery picks. So uh, 14 picks. Um Basically, in NFL terms, this is like the first round of the draft because usually after the lottery, it gets a lot harder to find quality players. Uh, Now, this draft class in particular is a deep and strong draft class, so there's chances that there's going to be better players taken at the end of the first round. Maybe in the second round, you can get quality players for your team, but... uh, Obviously, the the first 14 here are the ones that most people are going to have an eye on. So let's start things off and put Connor on the clock with the first pick for the Detroit Pistons. 
Connor, you're on the clock. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we talked about this on our NBA draft preview episode that, you know, it's the y'all definitely thought that the Detroit Pistons needed this first pick more than anyone else. And I do not see any reason why. I mean, there's been some interesting rumors from what I've heard from Zach about the Pistons thought on this pick. But if I'm the Detroit Pistons and I'm the GM today, no question in my mind, I'm taking Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. All right, Cade Cunningham going number one to the Pistons. And that's a good thing you just said, because I forgot to say that earlier. Like, this is a mock draft of what we would do not necessarily what we think we'll do. Like we have our own mock drafts for what we expect to happen. But um, with these mock draft picks, like, like we did in the NFL guys, we might look back a year from now on this and, and look at these picks. So this is what you would do as the GM. Uh, so you know, we might've, to... we might've been smarter than some of the NFL GMs. <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm sure there definitely will be cases where we, we were. Um, so <laughs> Uh, I have the number two pick now for the the Houston Rockets. Been a bad year for Houston sports, I know, um, but at least they have at least the, yeah, the I Rockets. Got I, I, I don't think any of us are complaining about that. <laughs> no, no, trust me. Um, but at least the Rockets uh, have a draft pick, unlike the Texans did did last year. So. Um, Whoa, not, they, they didn't have a pick until like the third round. Oh no, yeah, they're. <laughs> They're pretty bad. Uh, it's funny, though, because the Rockets, they could have lost it to OKC. So then that would have been miserable for Houston to have no first round picks between the Rockets and Texans. But anyways, I digress um, with the Rockets pick here at number two. I am going to take Jalen Suggs, uh, the guard Ooh. from Gonzaga. To me, I think Suggs is going to end up being the best player in this class. I think he's got elite scoring capability. Obviously, we saw him. He was on a very good team with Gonzaga, no question about it, but he was a highly rated prospect, kind of like Cunningham. It was Cunningham Suggs. Most people were leaning Cunningham, but to me, when I watch both these players play, I think Suggs has more athleticism, and I think he's going to be the better scorer long-term. So I think for what Houston needs, they desperately need scoring. I think Suggs is a good answer for that, and I like. I just have seen him more, and I like him more than the other prospects. So that's going to be my pick. And then that leaves Eric now at pick number three with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So Eric, what's this pick going to be? Just uh, real quick before I make that pick, Zach, I know yeah. you're one of the only people I know that hates Houston sports more than I do. How hard was it for you to make that pick for them? <laughs> it, it was definitely hard. I mean, I am... I'm hoping I'm I'm crossing my fingers so much that Suggs somehow falls to five to Orlando, obviously, because that's my favorite team. So I would that. love for him. I, I don't I know, I know. But I'm just saying, or if Orlando can trade up to get to Suggs, then then that's what that then I'll take that too. But yeah, I I I do not want Suggs to go to Houston, that's for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I, I just had to I had to yeah, throw that yeah. in there real quick. Uh now for Cleveland, uh, obviously I I agree with both Connor and Zach's picks. I mean I think both of those guys are going to be really good, but Cleveland really needs a a good big man. And I 
believe that Evan Mobley is going to be like by far the best big man in the draft. So it's perfect for Cleveland here because they get arguably the best player available and it fits a position in need at the same time. So can't go wrong with this pick here, in my opinion, for Cleveland. All right. And now we're back over to Connor picking number four for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting pick for the Raptors. Um, you know, obviously, in a lot of mock drafts, Jalen Suggs is falling down here, so obviously they wouldn't pass on him. Um, <clears throat> the Raptors do really need a big man, um, you know, especially with the departures of Marcus Hall and Serge Ibaka. Um, they don't really have a really good center. I mean, I think their starting center right now is Aaron Baines. Um, it's just pretty bad. But <laughs> unfortunately for them... That there's not really a center at this spot worth taking. So if I'm the Raptors here, I would just have to go with best available, considering they were pretty bad last year, and go with Jalen Green. All right, Jalen Green to the Raptors. Uh, yeah, so definitely these top four, I think, is what you'll see on draft night. Um, there could be, like, trades, obviously. We don't know if these teams will stay in this order. I think there's a possibility of that. But yeah, the four names pick. that we've picked are are probably likely to go in the top four. I will say if Toronto feels like they really don't want Green, I could see OKC moving up to get him if they feel like he's, like, the best available player. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I, I could definitely see Toronto trading this pick if Mobley's not there. That would not surprise me one bit. For sure. Um, and now at number five, I've got the first Orlando Magic pick in the lottery. Um, this is the pick that they earned, I guess, <laughs> uh, from the lottery. Uh, so with the Magic here, um, I'm looking at the big board left. And to me, it's it's tough because the, the thing with the Magic, though, is at least like they probably they have needs basically everywhere. So that's not really a problem for them is figuring out a specific need they can take best available so that's where it gets really tough but i think i'm gonna have to go with scotty barnes here the forward from florida state and what i love about barnes is i think he's just a a great all-around player he's uh, he takes defense seriously which i know the magic usually value in in their draft picks um and the thing about him, too, is he's not as polished of a scorer as some of these other guys. Like, he needs work on his jump shot, and he has areas of his game to improve in. But his athleticism is there. A lot of coaches and stuff I hear talk about his leadership. Like, he's a winner. Um, and there's a lot of other positive things. He's a he's a good... Uh, I think he's going to be a good person for the team. Um, there's definitely some other guys later in the draft that I think are going to fall because of maybe they don't want it as much. But to me, I think Scotty Barnes is going to be the best player after these top four guys go. So that's who I'm really wanting them to pick. So um, I wonder if I took the guy Eric wanted, uh, since Eric has OKC's pick next at number six. Well, thankfully, uh, for me, you did not. Uh, I will. I mean, I'm obviously going to admit right now. I mean, no I know, sniping yeah, going on I, right I now. The, I know the least out of these prospects out of yeah. three of us for sure. So obviously, I have no idea what OKC would really do here. But just looking at like from the little bit of like 
research I've done here, um, a player that I'm kind of excited about uh, looking at these top rankings. So I agree with Zach too. Like after the top four, it's kind of just like fair game. You know, there's not a standout fifth best player necessarily or something like that. So OKC, we have a buttload of needs on this team. We pretty much have Shea Gilgis Alexander and Lou Dort and like nobody else. So uh, I'm going to take uh, Joshua Giddy. I like what I've read about him just playing against a lot of older competition. Uh, he seems mature for his young age. And he's also versatile. He can be, you know, a guard or a forward or a wing. I mean, he's got a lot of different, uh, he's got a lot of different things he can do. So he can be flexible in the lineup. So uh, while this isn't, you know, since OKC tanked pretty hard, I would have rather us, you know, ended up getting at the top of the draft, but we won some meaningless games for some reason. So seeing as how we're in this position, it's not what I was hoping for, but I will take it. All right. So Josh Giddy from Australia goes at six to OKC. I, the first international player so far to, to go, in my, I think. So, um, Connor, you now have pick number seven with Golden State. So so what do you what do you think you're going to do with this pick? So this is obviously a very interesting pick just because of the fact that on draft night, this is probably one of the most likely picks that we could see getting traded. Um, You know, there's a lot of talk with Golden State about how, you know, uh, like, oh, they don't need these picks. Like, you know, they've already got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and everyone still wants to throw Draymond Green in there for some reason. I don't know why he's not that good anymore, but of course, you know, we got to throw Draymond Green. What in are you talking about, man? He... he can guard the one through the five. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's been the MVP for team USA so far on the Olympics, you know, totally yeah. not <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah. So really, I guess from what I've read, like, you know, the biggest, I'm not going to do a trade here just because I haven't researched enough to really like, figure out like who I would really trade with at this spot. So um, I'm just going to act like the Warriors are not going to trade this pick and they really need some more uh, wing help from what I've read about them. They really need kind of three and D wings on their team. So I'm going to go with uh, James Bonite from UConn. All right. Yeah. The, I've definitely seen him around the spot with Golden State. Um, and now I've got the second pick for 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 Orlando um, at number eight. So looking at the board here now, like I said, with Orlando, I still want to take who I think is best available. Um, and this is tough because you're deciding between guys who I think are very close in their rankings like you can go either way um and i think i'm gonna end up going with davion mitchell from baylor this might seem like a little bit actually you know what actually i'm gonna change my pick i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna take i'm gonna take moses moody uh the wing from arkansas whenever i watched arkansas play Moody stood out to me, super fast, super athletic guy. Um, I like his game. He's a player that the Magic really don't have, um, like a a real 
driver in the paint. They have some shooters, um, and they have some facilitators, but they don't have like a like a get me the ball and and go to the rim type guy. And I think Moody can do that for him. So I like his speed for sure. I like his shooting. He stepped up big for Arkansas when they needed it. He played in the SEC against good competition. Arkansas was a surprise this year because of him. So I really like Moody, and I'd be a big fan if they take him in the draft. And that leaves pick number nine now to Sacramento, and Eric is going to make that pick. Yeah, so literally, uh, I mean, obviously these teams are in the lottery, and so most of the time when teams are in the lottery, they have a ton of needs. But this is now going to be the third team in a row I'm drafting for that just kind of has a ton of needs all over the board. Um, so for the Kings, I'm just going to go ahead and scoop up Jonathan Kaminga here. Uh, he does seem to be viewed as a little bit more of a prospect than some of the other top guys, but he's only 18 years old. He's got great size and, you know, the Kings aren't necessarily trying to win now. They're going to be rebuilding. So I think it's a good strategy for them to take him because if they can help him really reach his potential to you know match his physical gifts, then he could end up being a really good player, you know, down the road for this team. So um, if I'm the Kings and Kaminga falls as far, I'm going to be pretty happy with that. And I will scoop him up. All right. So that leaves me now with pick number 10. In Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies have this pick. I'm going to pick for them. They traded just today for this pick from New Orleans. Um, and so, all right, I, I think you guys know I'm going to take. I'm going to take Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Like, what? <laughs> it was close for me between Moody and Mitchell. Um, but I really like Mitchell as well. Obviously, he's a, he's a champion because Baylor won the March Madness last season. He was like the MVP of that team. Another guy who plays great defense, he's a better defender than offensive guy, which is fine because they have John Morant already. So I think pairing a backcourt, a young backcourt um, with Jaw and Davian Mitchell, I think is a perfect compliment. You see lots of times uh, teams will have a, two uh, bad defenders out there, point guard, shooting guard uh, pairings. Mitchell Stephen can play Clay. defense. Yes. Well, Clay can play uh, defense. Clay, so Clay's pretty good. But like, Clay's a good defender. Damon not, CJ. Da- was like Damon CJ. That, that's yeah. the one that I was thinking of. Damon um, CJ. So Mitchell, he can play great defense. Um, like he's a winner. I think Memphis is on the verge of breaking out. I wasn't a big fan of that trade that they did. But still, I think at this spot in the draft, I think Mitchell's the guy that, that they should take. Um to really bring some defense and, and grit to that team. Well, hey, you know, at the end of the day, they still have Carl Anthony Towns on that team. <laughs> oh, no, that's the Timberwolves. What am I thinking? I was, was, like, was going to say. I, like, I was like, am I tripping right now? <laughs> no, I'm, I don't know why I, I said Carl Anthony Towns there. I was, like, thinking in my head, like, blue and M, but wrong yeah. blue and M. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now you're on the Charlotte Hornets. Don't say Charlotte Bobcats. Um. Trust me, I'm not making that mistake. Okay. <laughs> honestly, I'm so glad they went back to the Hornets. The logo and the colors are so much better than what they had with the Bobcats. Yeah. Uh, those were pretty ugly, that blue and orange crap that they had. 
but anyways, you got this pick here. So, so where do you want to go with this? Yeah, well, I'm hoping for another winner here because obviously we had a winner last year in Lamelo Ball. So, um, this is definitely a tough pick, um, just because obviously the biggest need for the Hornets by far is big man. I'm not gonna be, you know, do what they did the last couple of years and just take guards all the time because you know heaven forbid we don't take a guard at some point in the draft, even though that's like our most plethora, our most of our talent is in that position and we don't have great forwards or big men. So um, this is a tough pick because obviously I'm between, you know, Alperen Sengun, I hope I pronounced that right. And Kai Jones um, really what I think would help the Hornets more because um, unfortunately I've seen in a lot of mocks, um, it's kind of back and forth, but I've seen it more so that they're linking Kai Jones with the Hornets. I don't know if that would be the best fit just because Kai Jones, the way he was used at Texas was more of like a perimeter style big man. But, you know, we already have a ton of threats on the perimeter with Rozier and Devonte Graham and some of the other players. On our, I mean, PJ Washington's kind of like a stretch four. So, um, really we need more of an inside presence, um, you know, he has improved his game on the perimeter as Sengun, but I mean, it's obviously still not great, but I don't think that's really as important. Um, you know, and he was the MVP of the Turkish League, which, you know, I think the last like big player, big player to do that at his age was some guy named Luka Doncic. Um, so who the, the heck tur- is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> So um, definitely as the Hornets, I hope they don't take Kai Jones because I'm going with Alperen Sengun here. I think he's the better fit for the Hornets at this moment. All right. Sengun from Turkey going to be this pick here. And now Eric is on the board with pick number 12 for the San Antonio Spurs. All I know is I will say first, Michael Jordan, if you listen to this and <laughs> you draft Jones and he ends up busting, but Sungin ends up being good, you better fire your GM and bring in this man, Connor, right here. <laughs> Maybe he needs to fire himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yeah, I did do the question for Zach and then now that I mentioned for Connor, but uh, so the Spurs... Uh, this is my first team to pick four that while they do have needs, they're not like where they need everything like a lot of these other teams I've been picking for. Um, so a prospect that I am interested in and that I do feel like could be a good fit for the Spurs is I'm going to go with Franz Wagner uh, from Michigan. Um, he had a pretty he had a pretty good season for them, and he's not necessarily, a, you know, flashy overall player but he's like a guy that can get it done and I feel like a player like that's kind of you know the type of player that Greg Popovich likes to have on his team uh he doesn't you know want the flashy show it off guys he wants the guys that are just gonna go out there and play and get the job done and and I think he'd be a good fit uh for the Spurs here all right Connor you've got the next pick your last pick in this mock draft uh, with the Indiana Pacers. Well, uh, definitely a bit interesting because Eric took the guy that I was going to take. Um, so Ooh, we got a snipe. <clears throat> <laughs> um, it's really interesting. Um, cause obviously, a lot of the players that I have in this mock draft have already been taken to this point. Because um, in my regular mock, I have Davion Mitchell going here, but obviously Zach already took him with Memphis. So, 
Um, I think I'm actually I'm between the two Johnsons right now. But which one do I want to take? Do I want to take Keon Johnson or Jalen Johnson? I'm sure Zach and Eric want me to take Keon Johnson, being that he is uh, from Tennessee. But that being said, I think in terms of from what I've seen as to who would be the better fit for this team as to what the Pacers need, they seem like they need more forward help. So I'm going to go with someone that plays for my arch rival in basketball, Jalen Johnson, the forward from Duke. Uh, This is my this is on my do not draft list because he quit on Duke once they started losing. So he's on my, do I not mean, draft I will list. say a kind of a lot of people quit on them. I think coach. Yeah, K but he actually coach K kind of quit on them too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did. But like, he actually like just stopped playing for them. Like he, he didn't even want to try it once they yeah. started losing. So I don't know. It scares me a little bit. But. It does. I mean, I mean, it's one of those things Like I can somewhat see where he's coming from. You know, you could, like, you know, you commit to this powerhouse of a college basketball team and that's what you end up with. But, uh, you know, not defending his actions or anything. Yeah. But, you know, I can see a little bit of where he's coming from there. But um, who knows? Maybe he'll change his attitude. I mean, I know Duke players have attitude problems. If you heard of this one guy named Grayson Allen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we know about him. Uh, all right. So. I've got the last pick here in the lottery for Golden State. Let's see. Earlier, Connor took Boonite for them. James Boonite. I just like saying yes. that name. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this is a this is a tough pick here for Golden State, but I think I'm going to go with one of uh, one of the more interesting players to watch in in his career, and I'm going to take Corey Kispert. From Gonzaga, another Gonzaga player here, but I really like his game, and he kind of—I think he would fit well. I think he would fit well in Golden State, being primarily like a shooter. Um, you know, you already have Stephen Clay, and then if you throw Kispert out there, obviously most of the defense is going to be focused on Stephen Clay from the perimeter, and then Kispert should get good opportunities he's not the most athletic that's obviously his biggest downside is his athleticism but he's a winner so i think he would pair well with golden state they've had a lot of success uh on that team with steph and clay um i think he's just the kind of good i think he's a good person to fit on that team he's not gonna i don't think he's gonna be a significant player right away for them but he'll play sparingly big minutes for them and contribute for them. And then eventually I think he gets a more prominent role with golden state. So I, I wanted to pick him just cause I think he's going to be a real interesting player career to follow is Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. So that's going to round out our 2021 NBA mock draft lottery guys. Um, hopefully uh you enjoyed listening to this um let us know on twitter at clutch crew sport um any lottery picks that we didn't make in this mock draft that you think should have gone um and tell us maybe who your favorite team who you want your favorite team to draft uh on july 29th 
Um, so with that being said, guys, hopefully you enjoyed. And until then, remember, be clutch. Bye. Peace.